Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. The last uh, two weeks we've been going over a series of Why Christmas. And two weeks ago we looked at how God keeps His Word. Christmas happened because God said something and it has to happen. When God speaks, it takes place. Um, last week we looked at God came to earth. Christmas had to happen. Why Christmas? Because ultimately it was God coming to This morning, we want to look at how God shows his love for us. God shows his love for us. I love this verse, Romans 5, 8. It says, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, What's really cool about Christmas is the fact that God coming, keeping his word, coming to this earth, as a man, fully God and fully man, he would come and ultimately knowing uh, and desiring to do the will of the Father, and the will of the Father was ultimately that, that Jesus would hang on the cross and he would die for you and for me. Think of it this way, you know, God coming to you and to me shows how critical and how much he loves us, how critical we are to him. Now, on June 12th, 1999, that was an important day for me. Uh, Lisa and I, after many years of chasing after her, she finally agreed. I wore her down after many, many, many years. And so I showed up on June 12th, 1999 to marry my bride. Now imagine if I would have sent a representative for me. How would that have gone? I would have said, hey, my friend, right? Hey, Dave, would you go and would you represent me today? I, I know it's a really important day, but I, I'm, I'm just a little nervous and I just, I don't think I can do it. So you just do it for me. And when you go, you just say all the right things for me and then I'll take over after the service. Think about that with God. God didn't just send a representative. He sent himself. That's how much God loves you and me. He didn't want to just send somebody else to do the work that was needed. And in fact, nobody could do the work. Only God himself could have. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says this, For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. The only way that it could be possible for us to have an ongoing relationship with God is if God himself came and that he would die, that he would take on himself our sin, the disobedience that each one of us have when we're born. First John 4.10, John writes this, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Jesus was the full sacrifice that was needed for our sin. We think we know what love is. If you ever talk to a teenage girl or even a boy who's dating and they're like, oh, 
and I have to be careful what I say here with my own children. But they're like, oh, this is so great. This is love. These feelings. Even as Lisa and I have been married for so long, uh, we're still learning what love is. And John says this so well for us to understand and to grasp. The Bible says that God is love. And we're going to touch on that in just a minute, that it's his very essence of who he is. But the fact that we, we cannot fully comprehend what love is, but we can see what love is. Love is this, the fact that God would send his son and on Jesus, he would take upon himself all of our sin and he would pay the penalty that we owed. That's love. First John 3, 1 John 3.1, see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. We sit here today with the greatest gift that anyone could ever give us. And you know who gave it to us? The creator God who placed you and I here gave us the greatest gift we could ever have. The fact that we could be called his children. Why? Because we're special. We are special. Some of us are more special than others. I've been called that. Each are special, but we have this barrier that, that divides us from a perfect and a holy God. And that's why God sent his son to take care of the sin issue that God promised in Genesis. And through the prophets, he foretold of how it was going to happen. And then Jesus came and he was born from a virgin in a little town of Bethlehem, just like Micah wrote about. And ultimately, Jesus would die taking upon himself our iniquities, our sin, our disobedience, fulfilling what the prophet Isaiah would say, by his stripes, we are healed. The fact that Jesus did that for us and that we could sit here today, if you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, the fact that you could sit here with full confidence and full assurance and look and say, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon me, upon us, that we could be called the children of God? That we could be called God's children? Is there anything more glorious and more wonderful? Think about it. There's a lot of great things. Like an F-150. An F-150 is a wonderful God-given gift. But you know what's going to happen to that F-150? It's going to rust. It's going to decay. It's going to break down. As beautiful as it is now in 20 years, probably kicking the tires and be upset because it won't start. Or See, things fade away. But there is one thing that will never fade away, and that is our relationship with Jesus Christ, with the God who created us. And he's given us gifts. And in fact, James writes, every good and precious gift comes from the Father above. God so loved you and me. And this is a familiar verse. You probably know it. 
that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but will have what? Everlasting life. That's love. We often search for love in a lot of different places. Isaiah 12.2 says that there is nothing to fear. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. For the Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. While all these things will happen and take place in our life, difficulties and trials and struggles and things that we have to bear that God has allowed, or some of it is because of the decisions that we've made that are poor. Either case, God is sovereign and in control, and we can continue, just as Isaiah wrote, that we can look to God and see that he is our salvation. And I don't have to have fear. You ever stop to think about why God created you and me? Why did he put you here? Yeah, it's probably to do things. But at the heart of why God placed you here, it's because he loves you. God created you and placed you here on this earth for his pleasure. Because he takes great joy in seeing you his creation. He created us as an object of his love. Why does your heart beat and your lungs fill? Why are your legs able to move and your hands and your fingers able to touch? Because he desires for you and he desires to display his love for you. Do you know that there are no accidental babies? Everyone is a gift from God. And he takes pleasure in every one of us. He loves you and me. The verses that we've already looked at show that and show that how he has demonstrated that love. Psalm 145 verses 8 and 9 says it this way, that God is love and in his very essence, the Lord is gracious and he is merciful. He is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. It's Christmas, upbeat, love. But you need to know that God still has to punish sin. And we can either accept that gift that he's given us, Jesus Christ, as the full payment of that penalty of our sin. Or we can reject Jesus. And if we reject Jesus and what he has done for us, while he is slow to anger, he is abounding in grace. His mercy is new every morning. There is judgment coming because he is creator and we are creation. Judgment is coming in the fullness and in a complete way. It's not biased. It's not misconstrued. It's not, hey, let's look and see who tried their best with what they had. It all comes down to one decision. 
If we trust Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and the fact that no one comes to God but through him. If we trust Jesus for that, Paul writes, if God is for me, then who can be against me? We see today, why Christmas? Because God showed his amazing and unfailing love for you and for me. 1 Peter 1, verses 8 and 9, Peter writes this, Though you have not seen him, because let's face it, have any of you seen Jesus? Uh, I've seen a lot of pictures. I've seen um, statues. I've seen a lot of different images. Some good and a lot of bad. <laughs> Peter writes this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So I ask you, why Christmas? Because God has shown and continues to show his love to us. And so how do we respond? Peter is writing here about rejoicing with great joy. And yet we walk around because we listen to the deceiver. We listen to his lies. We get wrapped up into the things of this world and we forget our perspective is lost. And we forget how much God really does love us. And so I encourage you to ask yourself, how can you show God that you love him? Is it by doing more things? Say, I'll try to be the, uh, a better person for you, God. I'll try to say all the right things, and I, I, I won't do those things that I know, they're, I know they're bad. I know I shouldn't do those. I know I shouldn't look at that. I know I shouldn't say that. I know I shouldn't go there. God wants something deeper. How can you show God that you love him? Be there with him. He invites you to come and to see him. To see how much he loves you. And that means we have to take time to be still and to know that he is God. It's easy to think about it. It's easier to say, yes, ah, oh, yeah, I need to do that. Yes, God, I love you. How critical and important is it to you that as you think about Christmas and the importance and the significance of it, and you think, why? Why would God do this? Remind yourself today and this week, it's because he loves you. And because he wants to have an ongoing relationship with each one of you. Spend time with him. Cherish him. Meditate on his word. How can you show others that God loves them? 
This is a great time to do that, isn't it? Christmas. Don't get wrapped up in just the things. I love giving gifts. It's a lot of fun. The greatest gift that you've ever been given is Jesus. The best way that you can love someone else is by showing them Jesus through your life. I know that's hard. That is difficult, especially when you have friends and family that don't want to hear about them. Do not let them or anyone else steal your joy, though. The joy that you have because you see the love of God. You feel it and you know it's been worked out in your life. You don't have to preach a sermon. I don't preach a sermon to my family. I usually get asked to pray because I'm the preacher, which is okay. I'm not just every family meal. All right, Aaron, would you pray for us? Reverend Varner, would you pray for us? But that's my little way that I get to throw Jesus in. And I get to show the people around me how much I love them. God demonstrated his love for you and for I. That while we were at our worst place, with nothing to offer him, Jesus died for you and me. What amazing love that is, isn't it? Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you that you have shown us love. That when we needed it most, you didn't send somebody just to do your work. Your most critical and important work of all time, Lord, you sent yourself that Jesus came and he took the place that we deserved, paying the price that we deserve to pay, death, separation from you forever. But yet because of Jesus and what he has done, you have given us the hope of eternal life. The fact that this world is not all that there is. There is more and there is the best is yet to come. And yet we get to see your love displayed around us in your beautiful creation, in one another, in our relationships, in the things that you have created. But nothing compares to the love when you sent Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for showing us what love is. And I pray that as we continue our journey for as long as you have us here on this earth, that you would continue to help us to love you more and continue to display for the world around us your great love and that you would help us to love others. It's no easy task, but yet we have a Savior who has done it. One who is right now interceding on each of our behalfs, 
knowing exactly what it was like to live on this earth, we thank you that we have a Savior who loves us, who came for us, and who is coming again. Thank you that Jesus is with us wherever we go. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.